Hey budding lawyers welcome to the podcast today we have with us Mr Samir Gupta who is graduated this year itself and is scheduled to join a tier 1 law firm Samir is currently engaged as a research assistant with members of the International Law Commission so Samir would you like to share the work profile of uh, wherever you are working now so as a research assistant to the members of International Law Commission we are generally assigned projects on international law which might include and predominantly also includes law of the nations law of the seas then it also includes investment arbitration it might also at times include municipal arbitration because it has the general impact on international arbitration as well so this is a brief uh, overview of the work assignment cool uh, samir you look a bit tense don't worry it's just a podcast <laughs> okay so okay i should smile more okay yeah yeah okay, okay. yeah the work profile seems interesting but Today we are going to talk about moot because Samir has been an avid mooter and he has not only participated and organized several moot courts but also received several awards uh, like the best speaker, best memorial, best team, etc. So Samir, uh, would you like to tell something about the moot courts you have participated in? Yes. Uh, so from the very beginning of my law school, I I have been engaged in participating in moot court competitions, uh, except for my first semester. I remember I started participating in moot courts from my second semester. So initially I went to the Indus University's moot. Subsequently I went to the FDI moot. After that I went for the BR Sahani moot. So the initial beginnings were uh, quite tough. I mean in terms of learning as well as in terms of achieving things. But uh, gradually when I started to participate more, I had the relevant skill and the experience. I started to receive some sort of results. So after that I also participated in Manfred Lash. that's an uh, environmental law moot court competition and after that i also participated in sarc law so in total i believe i participated in 10 moot court competitions in the 5 years of my law school nice so let let's just start from like the basics <laughs> because many of our listeners would be uh, like law students who are just uh, entered into law college or some students even who are just preparing for law entrance exams and not even in law school so can you just uh, tell like in a briefly explain in a layman's term what is a moot court and the main difference what is the difference between a moot court and a mock trial because many students uh, just get confused like uh, when they heard uh, some term like moot court and all they think like uh, something which goes on in a courtroom <laughs> like in bollywood movies or something like that so uh, i would i would define moot court as something which is definitely different from a mock trial So uh, when I was also in the initial years of my law school, I used to watch videos where people define moot courts as mock trials. But rather, I would say a moot court is an extracurricular activity, specifically designed for law students, where the exactly same setup of a courtroom is created, whereby the participants can argue for a case. Now that case is based on a hypothetical scenario. and that very hypothetical scenario is textually represented in a sheet that is represented as the moot proposition now with respect to the difference between a moot court and a mock trial a moot court generally involves arguments on the question of law for example uh, whether uh, the right to internet is a fundamental right or not so that is a question of law now a mock trial will involve something which is on the very preliminary basis which means that it could be something like like whether a murdered b or not mock trial will yes. include facts 
Yes, it, that is on a trial stage and generally moot courts are on the appellate stage. Okay. And uh, as you explained about the moot problem, the hypothetical, hypothetical example. So, can you give us an example and also explain what is a moot problem exactly and are there any specific types of moot problems? So, uh, with respect to what a moot problem is, I have already told that it's a hypothetical scenario. So, the organizers of the competition, uh, mostly there are colleges which organize the moot court competitions. They will culminate a series of facts. For example, uh, he was a trader in the city of uh, XYZ where he was trading in liquor. Then the government came with a prohibition order. Then the sale of liquor was banned. Now A has moved to the Supreme Court. A is arguing that the prohibition order banning the sale of liquor has violated his fundamental right of trade and profession. So when these uh, instances are connected together, they culminate into a moot problem. And we have to argue from both the sides. That is, we have to argue from uh, the petitioner, that is A, and we have also you need to also argue from the side of the respondent that will be the state that yes the prohibition order is correct in law so this is a kind of a moot proposition which is constitutional in this example which you are giving there it will be the the state but otherwise it can be like private parties itself right Mm -hmm. yes Uh, definitely private parties can be there for example in uh, moot courts concerning arbitration so in those uh, moot propositions there are two private parties involved in such cases, there will be a dispute between two private parties. So the parties will be identified as party one, that will be a private party, party two, that will also be a private party. So it always depends. The nature of parties always depends on the nature of the moot proposition itself. And what is a moot memorial? Uh, like, for example, we now know the moot problem. We know the, like, we can imagine how a moot court is. But uh, before that, we have to submit a moot memorial. Like, I think uh, it depends on the competition and the college who is organizing it. But it is anywhere between 10 days or 30 days before the competition is. We have to submit a moot memorial. So, what is uh, that? Yes. Uh, so, as soon as you see the moot proposition and the rules of the competition, there will be a deadline for the submission of the memorial. Now, you'll have to understand what a memorial is. A memorial is nothing but a written submission. So, it is a written submission from both the parties. Remember, these written submissions have to be prepared separately. For example, uh, in our case, it was uh, the person A. So, there will be a written submission from the petitioner side. Now, there will be a written submission from the respondent side. Now, within this written submission, there are several parts of it. Now, these several parts of it are identified within the rules of the competition itself. For example, it includes statement of facts, arguments, summary of arguments, where index of authorities, list of references, and number of things, front page and all. So every component of a written submission is clearly identified in the rules of the competition itself. So it is just a written submission from each of the parties to argue the case on paper. Okay. So as we said before that in mock trial, we talk about facts and in uh, moot court, we talk about the law. But now, as you mentioned, in moot memorial, we have something called the statement of facts. So can you just yes. clarify why it's there and I mean you have answered it in a brief before but I would like, like to just more uh, clarification on that. See, uh, what I intended to say was in mock trials you have to establish facts. That yeah, you have to whether, argue on facts whether it is right yes. or not, right? Yes. yes, you have to establish whether a person has murdered or not. The facts in itself is disputed. However, mm-hmm. in a moot court competition, the facts are not disputed. 
it is only the question of law that is disputed. Uh, yeah, as you said, uh, it's the appellate stage most probably in uh, in moot court. Yes, appellate stage and also original uh, jurisdiction as well in a lot of cases. What I meant from appellate stage was that generally only questions of law are there. Uh, for example, if there is a case before the Supreme Court for violation of fundamental rights, that will be under the original jurisdiction. So it includes original appellate everything, but as opposed to mock trial, it does not include any case at a preliminary basis that is on a trial basis, whereby any case is initiated to establish funds. Yeah. So we have the facts, uh, which is usually uh, established by the lower courts. And we we just use it, use those facts to understand the problem more. Mm. And then we uh, argue on the law, right? This is what yes, I understand. That, yes, that will be one case. And in a lot of cases, uh, facts are not established by lower courts as well. It is directly to the high court or the Supreme Court. Yeah, uh, mm. in the original jurisdiction. Yes. Okay, so can you just give some tips for drafting a good memorial? Because we know that you have been awarded the best memorial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, uh, so for drafting a good memorial, it is uh, all about the relevancy of research. Your research has to be very relevant to the facts of your case. For example, if there is a, a question on a violation of fundamental rights, so the research has to be on that very specific point. You cannot generally write that fundamental rights are such and such. You have to write that, okay, sale of liquor is a fundamental right. Or from the other side, you can say, no, sale of liquor is not a fundamental right. So it has to be specific to your case. Now, what generally a lot of people, what they do, they refer to unauthorized sources, which are not authenticated properly. So use of authorized sources is also very important. For example, we, we all know about SEC online. So generally in multiple competitions, use of such authorized sources are highly appreciated. So that is one relevant point. And uh, I can think you just give some examples. Some more examples, unauthorized and authorized. See, uh, if you just Google, if you just uh, do a Google search and you reflect on a case law, you will find that there are n number of results available on the internet. So when you see those results, those results are not authenticated by a particular organization. For example, SEC online is highly appreciated even by the Supreme Courts and High Courts as well. So that is something which is acknowledged, at least in the nation. But the other websites which appear on the internet, if you cite them in your memorial, that is something which uh, is strongly discouraged. And that also... So Ma Manupatra? How is Manupatra? Yeah. Manupatra also works well. Uh, but uh, I've also had an experience uh, when I've cited uh, the Manu citation. So that was not appreciated. So to be on the safer side, I always uh, try to use SEC online because it is the authenticated uh, type and standard sort of a citation used at least in our nation everywhere so other websites like the indian kanun and all those don't even stand is what i understand then see uh in terms of its use i would definitely say at times you will find them very useful but those are very rare times i don't uh, use them quite often however in terms of moot court competition i don't think anyone would recommend citing indian kanun so that is something which uh, we should be wary of and uh in terms of code drafting, when you find the case law, you have the case law, you have the relevant paragraph. But how you draft it, how you connect the relevant paragraph with the facts of your case, that is also very important. You will understand how to connect facts and law, how to present your argument in crisp words. So those are things which uh, come in time. A lot of people have them have that that skill with them. 
but these are things which are relevant to draft a memo yeah so while drafting a memorial you talked about research so can you just uh, give some more tips on how to do a proper legal research for a moot court competition see i'll i'll uh, give some basic uh, know how about how to conduct a research so whenever we used to read a moot proposition we used to identify few terms from the moot proposition itself which are the notable terms which are the highlight of the proposition and then we used to just google search we used to connect words like a plus b plus c on google search then there will be a list of results which will have that set of words with them now we will try to understand okay this was the scenario in this original case as well at times you will find the original case at times you won't so you will understand what is the relevancy of key terms now when you identify the key term when you identify it and after that you use that very key term in the search engine of scc online or manupatra for that matter you will be able to find the specific result so this is a very quick way to find a very specific result because generally what happens uh, people uh, read the moot proposition then they have few questions of law in their mind and after that they search on the question of law that is that is also a part of the research but that should not be the preliminary thing the preliminary thing should be to identify the basic terms the basic technical terms so that at least we can move forward with the research can you just give some examples really uh, i'll give the very uh, same example uh, as i told you about the prohibition of sale of liquor so hmm. actually this was a moot proposition uh, in one of the competition so when you talk about the prohibition on sale of liquor there is a principle termed as res extra commercium which means that sale of dangerous goods is not a matter of right okay so this is something the term res extra commercium was not within the proposition itself however when i used the term sale of liquor from the moot proposition and i when i just googled and i used the combination of words then there was a search result within which this principle was used so now i understand the principle which is relevant to my case okay so this is one method of it and there are several methods of it which we learn through our own through experience to others so that is it yeah so uh, experienced professionals like you uh, people must <laughs> take help of help from right <laughs> like uh, for example in your college days uh, your juniors would have uh, would come to you and ask for help like how should i start and how to go about it right yes uh, and yes they did come to me but you know uh, the good thing about uh, every law school is that your every subsequent batch i mean even my juniors who came to me for help they actually become better than you so that's a very good thing to see so that was really nice to see yeah and even uh, your batchmate for that sake right even you would have come across many batchmates who were good at good, better than you but then you would have improved by improved more than the, them or like you would have experienced this in some skill or so definitely see uh, it's not about the person from whom you learn it's about what you learn so i have been able to learn different things from people junior to me uh, especially my batchmates and also people who were senior to me so it is ultimately the culmination of all the experience so you take everything as they come yeah that's nice um code etiquette uh, so this is something very important when especially in moot courts and because uh, when you start working in litigation it, no one is going to teach you code etiquette and all right so 
would you just uh, talk about these uh, terms and what are the most basic and common terms used uh, for example uh, i will just give you a basic example of what a court etiquette would be for example if you if the judge is saying something and you don't agree with him so you don't say that no your lordships i don't agree you would rather say your lordships uh, we back to differ so uh, court etiquette is for it also involves a lot of things firstly that you are dressed properly uh, your hair is well placed uh, you don't look shabby and uh, a lot of things so it also includes the use of proper words you so, are wearing the collar band <laughs> i mean uh, i just remembered this because this uh, had happened uh, i would just like to share one incident uh, yeah. a lawyer entered into the courtroom and he started arguing uh, and the judge just listened to like he didn't listen to him uh, he was talking to another lawyer just beside him so the lawyer uh, got confused like why i am arguing my matter and why am i not being heard so then again he tried to like argue like uh, whatever the his matter was he was just presenting it and the judge then said ki where are you so he was like ki uh, your lord sir i am here i am presenting this matter my uh, party is here and all so but the judge said i can't see you so still <laughs> people didn't get it and like uh, then he realized ki okay he is not wearing his collar band <laughs> so yeah. just, then he went outside the courtroom wear his collar band and then come again inside and then the you know judge uh, acknowledged it so that yeah. is one <laughs> funny incident i remember <laughs> uh, okay yeah. cool. so so these things are actually necessary if you we do understand that uh, these are things which are taken care by the court but uh, this is also very necessary for the decorum i mean you are arguing before a pristine institution so that is important and as law students through moot court competition i think this is one of the most brilliant things that we learn true 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 okay so what were the common problems you have faced in moot court the common problems are i would say at times uh, lack of availability of resources for for example i remember when i went for a space law moot court competition i didn't have the relevant books so it took me actually a month to arrange the books because the books uh, which are relevant to space law are not that easily accessible not every mm-hmm. institution has it at least at that point of time our institution as well did not have that so that was one thing uh, then managing time i mean especially when you move quite a lot i mean people who move they are just crazy about moot court competitions so <laughs> they have to manage a lot of things simultaneously they have to manage their academic publishing papers and if they want a job they have to pursue internships so that is one thing managing time so i think uh, these were the most uh, difficult things uh, which i faced during the preparation of moot court competition okay so as you mentioned about this uh, space law thing so did you realize that you don't have the sufficient amount of resources after reaching the venue of the competition or no 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 so see uh, the availability of resources has to be judged even before you prepare the memorial because memorial preparation is a very important part of a moot court competition you cannot just go at the venue without a good memorial you are anyways not going to proceed to the advanced round so you have to prepare the memorial at the very best so when we were uh, 
trying to participate in that competition uh, we had this in mind okay we'll start the memorial preparation if we are allotted the mood competition from this date so we had a window okay we'll we'll try out all all, all sort of hooks and crooks to arrange the books and only if we are able to arrange the books will we participate in the competition so technically the arrangement of the book was quite a difficult task also i would like to know that how do you choose books uh, for reference and all because i have seen in moot courts people carrying huge suitcases and all with all those uh, huge books uh, many times it is relevant but most of the times all those books are not relevant and not required so how do you choose and how do you like explain to a listener that which book you should choose which like are more relevant and it's more useful yes uh, if i were to give you an example if you see the guides uh, different guides available for constitutional law itself so see when you see the guides which are available the, those small guides so those are for your academic activity for example that guide will explain you on what is the concept of a fundamental right okay but if you were to find something very specific regarding a fundamental right and you have to see about a uh, fundamental right and sale of liquor i am giving the same example to ensure coherency so if you have to research on that aspect you have to see the book whether in the index of authorities of that book or in the contents of the book you just briefly skim the pages in that content do you have that relevant section for example in this case uh, we can definitely refer to dd basu dd basu is a voluminous book divided into various volumes it has n number of pages i, I don't even remember the exact number of pages but i remember reading somewhere close to around uh, 2500 i mean i did not read from the very beginning but i referred to 2500 pages is there also a miniature version of that yes yes okay. yes so again see uh, that miniature version of it is an academic uh sort yeah 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 but if you were to research very uh specifically in a, in a very detailed manner then you would refer the relevant volume of the book so this will be one example and when you start to research uh, on your mo proposition you will understand that this is a relevant part of the proposition which i want to understand this is available in this book and therefore i will refer to this book so it automatically comes to your head that there's no nothing sci-fi in that yeah because <laughs> it was quite funny for uh, to uh, look at those uh, people like they used to have a suit a suitcase with their clothes and all and another suitcase with just books and i was like dude <laughs> this is not required like so many references are not required because when you are mooting how many books will you refer and how many books you just because <laughs> like do you agree with that see uh... i didn't used to carry uh, a lot of books but i was someone who used to create with my along with my team i used to create a lot of compendiums i mean we used to get the case laws printed then we used to flag them the relevant paragraphs of it and then we used to submit it before the court that this is uh, compendium number 1 you can refer to flag number 1 i am arguing from this case okay so i remember uh, even i my seniors a lot of people do that they refer to 20 volumes of compendium so that is there but uh, a lot of times people also carry extra books because there are few arguments from the opposite side which you do not include in your memorial so you can definitely argue that what the opposite team is arguing if you can say that okay what they are arguing is not the correct position of law and this is mentioned in this book so that becomes the trumping point of your argument 
so people generally tend to be over prepared in mood court competition and that's a good thing actually so that's why even i can uh, understand the pun behind carrying a suitcase but at times a lot of people actually a lot of people use that to a very good extent so it has both sides of it <laughs> it's just how you experience it okay so i think yeah. even you are in that category of people <laughs> who used to carry those that's why you are kind of defending them <laughs> yes i think i i remember uh, i didn't used to carry suitcases in all of them i i carried a suitcase in one mood court competition because there were too many compendiums in others uh, we were three people or five people so we used to carry four five compendiums each so we need not carry a suitcase because suitcase becomes a sort of uh, a flamboyant activity so we tend to avoid that <laughs> okay cool uh enough of suitcases and food <laughs> problems now okay let's move forward um how has mooting helped you in your uh, professional life you have started it just now but still see uh, i think for a law student his or her professional life uh, the endeavors at least for the professional life begins roughly around second or third year only people start hunting for jobs try to secure a ppo so that is their professional endeavor and in my case i i have appeared for uh, two interviews for uh, ppos and uh, i remember appearing for both the interviews not everything in substance was relevant from the moot court competition but the way i speak the way i was able to present myself even the presentation at the firms moot courts helped me significantly and uh, the way i used to prepare the draft so the drafting of your document when you are able to draft a good memorial that also improves so you you make the correct boxes you keep the alignment right so these are small things you learn from moot court competition so it's all about confidence and uh, crafting that's all i think that helps and uh, when you start working uh, especially in litigation so you mm-hmm. understand the difference between a moot court and the actual court and yeah. many people misunderstand moot courts like when they start uh, participating in moot courts they assume that the real courts will be similar but that's yeah. not the case there's a huge difference so can yeah. you just uh, tell something about that uh, you can also tell us about the first experience when you re- realize this uh, you know uh, that's a very good point which uh, we are discussing now because uh, the procedure of an actual litigation is generally that you submit a plaint then there's a time frame you submit a written statement there are subsequent parts of it so that that does not actually happen in a moot court competition that and that is not even possible because uh, law students they have a semester now they have to conclude at least one competition in one semester logistic things and all how will a institution accommodate a student for a multiple period of time so those are things but uh, in terms of core difference between moot court competitions and litigation is that there is a lot of procedure involved in litigation and uh, the way you draft your memorial you have the room to improvise quite a lot you can italicize anywhere you want to to make it look aesthetically nice but in litigation there is a proper format when we see the court documents we find that there is a huge space in the left side of the document you see there is a there is a change of para the change of para the space between it there is a huge space of it so there are n number of things which includes procedure hearings as well for example i am arguing the case before the court in a moot court so i will be given my award when the results are announced but uh, when i have argued before the court in the actual litigation scenario so there there is a possibility that my case will again be listed for another hearing 
for a subsequent day so i came to know about most sports competitions from the very beginning and since uh, i used to uh, read about most sports competitions uh, during my preparation for clat so i knew about it from the very beginning so since i read about it quite a lot i initially knew the basic difference of it so i think i was lucky on that front okay nice that you were really lucky actually many people yeah. uh, many law students uh, even after completing their first year second year don't actually know the difference and <laughs> <laughs> right that's yeah. the case with many people okay uh, so samir i think we have covered most of the questions regarding moot court so just can you sum it up like the whole procedure uh, from the starting to the end so see uh, as any any court argument would involve a moot court competition uh, typically involves the submission which is uh, your written submission referred to as memorial at times memorandum so there are uh, n number of names attached to it so you have to submit your written submission at a particular deadline that is fixed by the organizer now post the submission you will be allowed to appear for the oral argument that is the days of event when the moot court is scheduled at times in few moot court competitions there are again uh, the memorial qualification rounds so mm-hmm. if you do not qualify for the memorial qualification rounds then possibly uh, you will not be allowed to participate but in competitions where there is no such memorial qualification round you can go and participate in the oral rounds now in the oral rounds you have to appear from both the sides mostly in most of the moot court competitions you have to appear from both the sides uh, from the petitioner respondent or plaintiff or appellant or applicant there are again n number of names as the case may be so you appear for both the sides you may be petitioner first or respondent first and vice versa so that happens then you are done with your preliminary rounds after that then you have your maybe octa octa final rounds where top 16 teams are selected then you have quarter finals then your semi finals then you have finals and subsequently the final result is announced so this is a, a typical framework it depends on different moot court competitions but mostly this sort of framework is used okay and i think this is uh, something like colleges which are organizing not at the national level or some so they usually don't have so many rounds right they usually mm-hmm. have the like semi finals and the finals after the preliminary round yes if i'm not wrong. Uh, Yes, yes, you are correct on that front. I remember one college in uh, Maharashtra. It organizes a moot court uh, wherein there is a oral round from both the sides, and after uh, the oral round from both the sides, that is the preliminary round, they directly select the top four teams. Hmm. And there are top four teams. Then there is uh, a combination of two teams. Then there is final because they skip the octa final and uh, quarter final. So okay. a lot of people do that because of logistic reasons. Yeah. Uh, so, as you said, there are so many rounds. So the moot problem is same in each round, or is it different? Again, uh, this uh, aspect would also depend upon the moot court competition. Uh, I remember few competitions uh, whereby the problem was different. For example, there's a very notable competition, the BCI, the BCI moot court competition. It mostly has different moot court competition, different moot problems for every round, for the preliminary round. the subsequent round even for the final round for example the preliminary round can have a moot problem on tort law but the final round will have a problem on public international law but uh, in most of the moot court competitions there is a common problem throughout from the preliminary round to the final so it would have um, it would become quite repetitive uh, if there are more rounds 
and only one problem yes and it does become repetitive but as you advance to the subsequent round what happens is you will be arguing things which you have already argued so hmm. in terms of your presentation you actually become more stronger better yeah <laughs> yeah right <laughs> okay so samit can you just uh, share one of the incident from your whole moot court experiences uh, where which you remember the most like you will never forget it uh, yes so there are many instances which i fondly remember but uh, this has to be one of uh, the best <laughs> moments i mean yeah. we can we, uh, we can were... have a separate podcast for all the experiences <laughs> okay okay so uh, i was participating in a moot court competition uh, which concluded on 31st of march okay now on 31st of march it was not possible for us to take the flight because we have the validity session and all so we don't know when the validity session will end so we cannot take the flight on 31st and on 1st of april in my college we had our midsems and you don't get an exception for midsems even if you are participating in moot court so at 6 am on 1st of april we are in delhi and at 10:30 or 11 am we have our exams in ranchi so i'm i'm sitting i'm sitting in delhi i've been i'm reading uh, on the exam i'm reading on the relevant syllabus and i know that i have a flight to catch on uh, the flight was at 6:30 yes mm. so we took the flight at 6:30 we reached uh, ranchi around 8:30 sort of by the time we reached our uh, university it was just half an hour that the exam had to be started now the exam started i appeared for the exam uh, thankfully it went well after the exam got uh, over uh, the six subjects from 1st to 6th of april i remember right after my exam i had to go for an internship back to bombay then okay. delhi to ranchi and then ranchi to bombay so and in between i cannot miss classes so i had to maintain a 100% attendance throughout because i was missing out classes in the subsequent month for the internship so this was something i fondly remember because i was able to manage it because i i was just thinking that I, this time i am going to miss it i am going to just uh, i am not going to make it i will just falter somehow uh, if the flight would have been cancelled due to some reason yeah. what yeah. would have been the consequences in your case possibly uh, i hope that i would not have received a bag but uh, <laughs> my cgpa would have dropped significantly for one subject i think because i the midterms were for i think it they were for 30 or 50 marks i don't remember it it just that you graduate after law school you forget everything <laughs> so i don't remember is it a standard rule uh, which all law schools and all follow that you won't change anything for any particular student even if he is participating in some moot court or representing the college somewhere else see uh, making an exception always depends upon the possibility if there's a possibility institutions generally do that in our case it was not really possible for our institution but uh, in a lot of institutions uh, they have general relaxation uh i am unable to name the institution because mm-hmm. i don't exactly remember but uh, they even uh, omit midsems for students i mean omit. they give exam oh i thought they they have to reschedule the exams for them uh by uh, in terms of omission i mean they the students need not appear for the midsems at that very date but maybe they can submit a written assignment there's an alternative to it okay which okay. is a lot more convenient for the students and that's that's a good thing as well 
Yeah, right. Yes. So you have to be soft towards students as well. <laughs> right. Because yeah, uh, it's it becomes too hectic uh, when you are participating in competitions, exams, and then also have internships. So as you mentioned, uh, you were taking leaves for the internships. So can you just uh, clarify more about it? Like, are students allowed to take leaves for internship purpose? See, it is uh, generally not advisable to leave your uh, classes because you lose yeah. out on the academic side. But uh, as I was already in my fourth year and uh, I was really uh, concerned about securing a job, so and that too at a decent firm at least. So I remember I secured an internship at a firm. in the month where my academic classes were going on okay so i had to go to that firm i really wanted to so i what i did i ensured my 100% attendance throughout the semester so that even if i miss a month of class i will still be at 70% so i remember my total attendance in, in that semester was at 71% <laughs> and whenever i was in college i attended every class but uh i missed a lot of classes for my internship only so i did not have any option and my university also did not give any exception and that's correct as well to an extent okay samir uh, thank you so much for explaining uh, about moot courts and your sharing your experience and all i hope all law students enjoyed it and also learned from it uh, thank you for joining us here and thank you all for listening to this podcast It's, it's good to be here, Prasanna. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much.